Support for KNKX comes from Portage Bay Cafe, now offering hot breakfast platters for business meetings and corporate events with delivery throughout greater Seattle. Portage Bay Cafe emphasizes local organic ingredients from Pacific Northwest farmers and distributors. PortageBayCafe.com. Welcome to the KNKX Studios. I'm Abe Beeson, and today we welcome saxophonist, composer, and band leader Roxy Koss. A Garfield High graduate, Roxy Koss has become one of the most exciting and compelling musicians of her generation. The critics at Downbeat Magazine have repeatedly named her a rising star, and beyond her work in other bands, Koss has just released her fifth album as a leader. Simply titled Quintet, it's a collection of live performances of songs from earlier albums, each accompanied by a video. In 2017, Koss founded the Women in Jazz Organization, a group dedicated to gender equity in jazz. And though she left Seattle for New York about 15 years ago, Seattle jazz fans and musicians will always think of her as a Puget Sounder. In our studios today, Koss is joined by guitarist Alex Goodman. That's Mickey Yamanaka on piano. Dave Barron's playing bass with Jimmy McBride behind the drums. Please help me welcome the Roxy Koss Quintet.
Roxy Koss and her quintet in the KNKX studios. Mickey Yamanaka on the piano, Alex Goodman guitar, uh, Dave Barron bass, Jimmy McBride at the drums. The new record is Roxy Koss Quintet.
Roxy Koss on the tenor saxophone with her quintet. We have Alex Goodman on guitar, Mickey Yamanaka on piano, Dave Barron bass, Jimmy McBride at the drums. Uh, the new record is Roxy Koss Quintet. The band is playing at the Royal Room tonight. Uh, Roxy, it is wonderful to have you back in Seattle. Welcome home. Thank you. Uh, now, um, you got to start uh, your jazz career as a young woman really at a time when the early years of the great high school and middle school um, uh, moment here in Seattle with all the schools going off to compete and dominate at essentially Ellington in, uh, in New York City. Can you tell us about working uh, at uh, not just Washington Middle School, but at Garfield High School and how that experience was important to your development? Definitely. Um, I, I feel very grateful looking back. It seemed normal, but I see how rare that is now that I travel around the country. And um, both uh, teachers, Robert Nat and Clarence Acox, were very, very instrumental in creating dozens of professional jazz musicians who are now in New York thriving. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of that, definitely, generation of musicians. Um, and Essentially, Ellington, I think the timing of it becoming very popular was good for me. I went three times, so that was my introduction to New York City, and when I really figured out I wanted to move there and pursue uh, jazz as a profession. So I wouldn't have been able to do that without you know, going to Garfield and working with those amazing teachers. Uh, now, it's um, a wonderful place to grow up and learn jazz. Uh, was it also a good place to be a young girl growing up and learning jazz here in Seattle? Well, uh, I, is it ever a good place to be a girl learning jazz? Probably not yet, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. But I will say that Seattle is a pretty progressive town, and I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for, uh, you know, both Robert Nadd and Clarence Acox, and as well as many of my private teachers, Mark Taylor, um, and, and Jill Drummond and Dan Greenblatt, um, the list goes on, but they were very supportive and giving me the tools I needed to succeed uh, regardless of my gender and uh, have sort of someone to look up to and follow in, in those footsteps. You were also real lucky to grow up in a, a home when, uh, where one of your parents is an artist. Your mom is an artist, and I wonder if that had any influence on your decision to follow a life in the arts. Yes, definitely. I remember there being a book like on the 
counter for a very long time in high school that said, do what, do what you love, the money will follow. And so it was just sort of a, I would say, a value in our household that um, you're thinking about what do you want to spend your time doing rather than how am I going to feel safe, right? And making decisions based on uh, passion rather than fear. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. Um, now, in 2017, you founded the Women in Jazz organization. I wonder if you could ta- uh, tell us a little bit about the, miss- uh, the mission of the Weijo. Definitely. Um, yes, we like to call it Weijo. Uh, I worked very closely with the leadership team, Aubrey Johnson and Tahira Clayton. Um, we started out meeting every month um, and quickly sort of solidified the mission statement, which is that uh, we want to help level the playing field so that um, women and non-binary people have an equal opportunity to participate and contribute to jazz, therefore creating a more rich, diverse, successful art form. Um, and we have been sometimes exponentially doing things and sometimes slow and steady, but um, it's been an amazing couple of years of actually watching uh, myself become closer to women in jazz individuals and the network growing where more women are calling each other to play together. Um, And I think that that's where it started from was like, let's address ourselves and this community that we're often isolated and pitted against each other. So coming together first before we can really change the overall scene, you have to love yourself first, right? So. Well, growing up, uh, working here at KNKX, where we have a School of Jazz program, I've been very encouraged about uh, all the young women who come through the School of Jazz program as performers and as guest DJs. It feels to me like uh, headway is being made. Do you see some fruits of your efforts on this front? A little bit. Yeah. Uh, not enough, but um, <laughs> that's why I'm doing it. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there are young girls always in schools, but what happens is as they get older, they quit. And so... Just them, I, a few of them have said personally to me, like, just seeing you play, it's an option now in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that when I was that age. I didn't know. There were a few women in jazz who were really a name, but I didn't know about them mm. yet. I found out later. So um, just having more role models out there is important and being more visible and saying, yes, women in jazz exist. This is an option for you if you choose to pursue it. Yeah. I want to jump into the new record. It's your fifth album, appropriately, I suppose, called Quintet with uh, the band and the fifth record. Um, And it's a look back in in a way, uh, re-recording some of your favorite songs from your previous records. And I wonder if uh, when you're looking back at some of your earliest uh, compositions, um, what do you think about uh, young Roxy Koss? And would you have any advice for her? Do you cringe when you listen back or is it kind of exciting? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Even listening back to this, I'm sure I'll cringe. yeah, I mean, on the one hand, it's it's just like a relationship or a person, you know, you don't look back at your childhood self and, and you love them for who they are at that point. And we don't want to be who we're going to become as a fully developed person. Otherwise, there's no point to life, right? That's the journey. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I Enlightenment, which we just performed, I actually wrote about 10 years ago. Oh, wow. And I think that the the easiest way for me to see that progress is just it's easier to translate musical ideas into like theoretical things that I can concretely say to the band, this is what I want, you know? And so I look at that chart compared to a newer chart. It just has way less information. Ah, interesting. Yeah. It becomes easier. Now you have been composing a long time and I wonder if you've seen um, your compositional process change over the years. It's like, ah, I used to spend so much time worrying about these little things. Now I can kind of start at a different point. Yeah. But maybe reverse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. 
again, I think just as I build knowledge and I have more things to choose from, uh, it becomes more complicated, but also easier to translate. It's just a language. And, you know, when we perform and we play and we improvise, that is a language we're speaking and communicating to the audience and each other. But it's similar with composition. It's just that you actually write it down. And so the more I learn about music, the more music I've listened to, I have more things to pull from, just like when you build your vocabulary. Now, another part of that whole package is the development of your own personal sound, of being able to sound like an individual on your your tenor saxophone, as we heard on the first two songs. We're going to hear soprano, I think, next. You play three other horns, um, and I wonder, um, have you always kind of had an idea of what you want your sound to be, and it's just a matter of getting there, or is it constantly developing and kind of realizing this is who I am? Yes to both. (laughs) Yeah, I think simultaneously, I've always had a very strong concept of what I want my sound to be, but that is always evolving. So uh, from, you know, from those middle school days, Mr. Nat would give us recordings to check out. And so I was right away listening for a voice and listening for like, what do I like in the sound or don't like? And that has completely changed. I used to hate the sound of Hank Mobley and Wayne Shorter, and now those are my favorite sounds. So, you know, it's always changing. And that's partly why it's important to keep listening to new music and, you know, your ear changes and Again, it's the process. So. I think that's a really underestimated skill for a musician, uh, not only listening to other people, but listening to yourself and being able to critique yourself and hear you know, the information that you might not while you're playing. And I wonder if you could talk about how important it is to be a good listener. Oh, yes. We were just talking about this last night. Huh. Um, yeah, I mean, just like a conversation. If you're just talking and not listening, it's not really a conversation. <laughs> it's a speech. So I think... We all have those tendencies, and for me, listening back is the most honest way. It's I, I've, it's great that we have technology where you can just like instantly, oh, that's what I sounded like two seconds ago. Um, I hate listening to myself, so I should probably do it more, but um, <laughs> it, it is very honest, and then you're like, oh, you know, I know exactly what I need to work on. Um, but, yeah, listening is very important because we're, we're, you know, responding off of each other and, you know, like any conversation sometimes you are going to lead or follow but hopefully there's some back and forth (laughs) yeah it's kind of the musician's form of uh, self-awareness you got to be able to know what you're up to um with the quintet album you've also been uh, making videos for each song Mm -hmm. Uh, can you tell us about uh, what sparked that and um how, how that's been going what's that like i actually this album i wasn't even going to release an album i just wanted to make videos i felt like i searched roxy Koss and my YouTube channel is terrible and all the videos are like 10 years old or just like I hate how I sound, which is probably always going to be the case. But <laughs> I wanted to at least have more things come up because the more content you have, you know, the better ones will float to the top with the algorithms. And and just so I felt like there wasn't um, a very good representation of this band, the quintet and the music we're playing now. Um, so if we're trying to book a gig or a tour, nobody really knows what they're getting into and the video is the easiest way to see that so I wanted to just have more content video wise Uh, once we recorded I really liked it and I thought well we have this content already mastered ready to go why not release it the traditional way send it to other radio stations and the press and sell them as CDs Um, so I ended up doing all of it Uh, so we're slowly releasing the videos but there is going to be one for each uh, track on the album and it's it was recorded in the studio live, so most of the audio has no edits because of that process, which is right. a different thing than most studio records, which have a lot of edits. So, 
Now, I know for a lot of uh, your fans like me, when you hear there's a new CD out and then you realize, oh, it's songs that she's played before, everybody's wondering, are you writing new songs? Is there a record with new compositions coming out soon? What's the plan for next? Yeah, my, my goal is always to release about one a year or every year and a half or so. Um, so I've been writing and working on new music. We've been mixing it into the book during the tour and, you know, just trying to explore those sounds. I want to take my time more with this next record of music because it's all going to be new. And uh, I'd rather have it be more comfortable before we record this time. But I would say within the next year, for sure, it will be out there. So. Fantastic. Roxy Koss is in our studios with her quintet celebrating her new record, Quintet. And Roxy, this is a fantastic band. Uh, Mickey uh, Yamanaka over here on piano with Alex Goodman on guitar, Dave Barron bass, Jimmy McBride at the drums. Uh, we've got time for one more song as Roxy picks up the soprano saxophone. We're going to hear a bit of a different sound in the KNKX studios. It's the Roxy Koss Quintet.
Wow. Roxy Koss and her quintet in the KNKX studios. Wow, that was fantastic. Uh, Alex Goodman on guitar, Mickey Yamanaka piano, Dave Barron bass, Jimmy McBride at the drums. The new record is called Quintet. Uh, thank you so much for being here, Roxy. That was so fantastic. Uh, uh, thanks also to the members of our leadership circle. We are just in a Thanksgiving kind of mood around the station. Your generous contributions, in fact, the support of all KNKX listeners make our studio sessions possible. You can dig into all the archives at knkx.org. Big thanks to our studio session sponsors, Portage Bay Cafe, and our engineer for today's show, Brian Moynihan. And with that, we wrap up another amazing KNKX Studio Session exclusive. <laughs>